Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is produced in association with Jazz Times. Today we revisit my 2019 conversation with Hendrik Merkins. Merkins had a solid reputation as a two-mallet vibraphonist, touring and recording with some of the greatest jazz musicians in the business, when he heard harmonica master Toots Thielmans and was inspired to play this instrument that only a few jazz musicians master. Merkins has enjoyed a broad range of musical experiences in performance and composing, but what he emphasized throughout our conversation was his focus on melody and music that touches the heart. His CD, Cobb's Pocket, celebrates those elements with three of his favorite musicians, drummer Jimmy Cobb, organist Mike Ladon, and guitarist Peter Bernstein. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I asked Hendrik Merkins about playing vibraphone and harmonica and what drew him to these instruments. First of all, both of these instruments are not really your middle-of-the-road established standard instruments. They are additional instruments, you know, they are the, the icing on the cake. So it's not really that I always had one clear career path, you know, being a bass player who plays gigs or being a trombone player who plays in the, in the big band or something. I always kind of did my own stuff and I just needed colors that work. And vibraphone came first because I heard it first, Lionel Hampton, when I was really young. And then harmonica came into the picture when I was 19, toots, obviously, you know, one note of toots did it. And that is a good question. I have no explanation why, especially those two, it just happened. But that doesn't mean that I'm not interested in even more instruments. I just don't play them on a professional level. Well, what did you play when you were a little kid? What were you studying? Well, for a minute, I played piano, you know, as a, you know, piano lessons, as you have to do. And I lost interest, just just not because of the piano, because the, the teacher couldn't keep me interested. You know, that's what happens with kids. People don't talk about that enough, that it really is the teacher. Completely. As a kid, 100%. So you took piano lessons, but then you got interested in this, but then you you really went crazy for the harmonica. Why? Yes. Well, the sound. Toots. The beauty, the melancholy, melancholic quality, the romantic side. I love the melancholy side. Yeah, of course. I mean, there is, for certain situations, nothing can beat the harmonica. Yeah, I agree. And I'm always curious that it isn't yes. that it isn't featured more. Yeah, because it is the winner in certain situations, but it doesn't do very well in a lot of other situations. Uh. You know, it's you know, it's it's like film music moments or ballads or a bossa nova or a cameo behind a singer, you know, three bars or something, and you kill. But Keeping people interested for three sets in a jazz club, mm. you know, in competition to saxophone or trumpet or something else, mm. is not really that easy. You have mm -hmm. to find a program or you have to find a setting. And that's what Toots' big achievement really was, is finding the setting where the instrument works. Mm. And before that, and even since him, you know, as I have to say, which I shouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
say it. <laughs> say it, please say it. Yeah, because it's it's you have to really understand what draws people to the harmonica, and then you have to do that and cultivate that, and not insist on things that it where it's not the strongest choice. That's what I found for myself. You know, if you go to a jam session and they're playing Charlie Parker tunes and there's an alto and a tenor and a trombone and then you play solo harmonica, that's kind of cute. Mm. But it's not convincing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a novelty. Mm-hmm. And if you play a Bach sonata for violin as a transcription for harmonica, that's kind of cute. Or that is interesting. It's a novelty. But it sounds better on the violin. But there is this other thing that the instrument has where nothing tops it. So you have to find it. You have to look for it. You have to get a repertoire that features that. You have to have to get musicians that understand, that don't overpower you. And then if everything comes together, that's great. But it's a tiny window and you have to look for it.
My guest, Hendrik Merkins on harmonica, on a slow one, with Peter Bernstein, Michael Don, and Jimmy Cobb. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. It's interesting that you talk about finding that small window of what harmonica works really well, because I've thought about that with other parts of entertaining in general, but music specifically, because I've seen people, especially in master classes, young people, that everyone wants to sing like Ella. And they won't have Ella's voice. They're not Ella. Or even if they have a big voice, it's not appropriate to the way they look, or it's not. I think you're, you're touching on something that I think is very important for performing artists to think about. Beyond music, actors too, and and painters and anything, there's something that works or it doesn't, (laughs) you know, and it's a very painful process to find out. Some people know from the beginning, Mm. you know, like Bird or Ella, Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker. Something sounded good from the beginning and they just went with it, you know, Mm. but other people have to look, you know. Yeah, but it's figuring that out, and when it's right for you, then it really kills. Like you say, it's yeah, great. But those are the successes in entertainment are when it all comes together. Mm. And acting, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro and his shtick there. It sounds, it's great when it when it works, you know, it's just... Well, it's being realistic, I think. And I always say in getting an, an honest opinion from someone you admire, not your mother, who's going to say that was yes. great, but somebody... and. Along those lines, your wonderful CD, and I was thinking about this with organ, and you talk about it in your press, and I read that after I listened to the CD, which I like to do. I don't want anything in my mind. And I was thinking, this is such a natural combination. It is. And I thought, well, I guess this has happened a lot, and I just haven't heard it. But... Then I read your press, and it doesn't happen. It's such an obvious marriage. Talk about this and why it doesn't happen more. Well, it hadn't probably happened a lot before because there are just very few of us to Mm. start with. You know, jazz Mm. harmonica is a small field. Mm -hmm. There's the great Tutstilemans who was the king and the godfather and the inventor and the owner and the president and everything for the instrument for decades. And he's gone. He passed away a few years ago, and there's a young generation of players, and I'm have been around for a while, but it's still, you know, not many. Right. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know the number, 10, 20, I don't right. know, or, not or maybe many, worldwide right. more than that, but very, very, it's a very small club. So, I mean, if you have only a few people doing it, less experimentation happens, you know. Mm. And, well, there's also... There is also the cliche of what harmonica they everybody thinks it is. You know, if you hear organ, right away you pr- would think about blues harmonica. That's mm. not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a blues harmonica player. I'm a jazz harmonica player. So, yes, well, it, it's it it could be a dangerous thing thinking about harmonica and blues. You would probably automatically think about something else. That's what I'm doing. But nevertheless. I finally did it, and it worked out. But I knew what I wanted, you know. I mean, if the repertoire is geared still to that romantic side, you know, there's still the ballads and still the the bluesy stuff. 
it, it's if you don't do that, why play the harmonica? <laughs> but the sound is so perfect together. Yes. That's what I meant when I heard it. I thought it's a natural pairing to put yes. organ and harmonica together. Organ, guitar, and harmonica. Yeah, the yeah. organ and guitar are mid-rangey, you know, they're kind of down there. They're pretty much tenor instruments. The harmonica is up there, you know, frequency-wise and, mm. and overtone-wise. So it just kind of they don't get into each other's ways. It's it's and interesting. the romantic and all the things yeah. in the melancholy. All I mean to me, to my ear, yeah. I think it all goes together from a mood. But also called the right mood. people, you know. I mean, Pete Bernstein is a very melodic guitar player. Mm. He never plays more than anybody should. You know, that's I know what I'm doing. You know, I call <laughs> I call the people who who understand that. You know, I mean, in jazz, it's really you hire. A sound, you know. Mm. If you call, if you need a bass player, you want somebody who either swings or does this or does that. You have an idea, and there are lots of instrumentalists on each instrument, so you have a choice. You've got to call the people that you think make it work. My guest, Hendrik Merkins, from his CD, Cop's Pocket. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. But it's interesting that you talk about the sound, because on this show, people are always talking about feel, that you're hiring people for the feel. But now that you're saying that, I don't know that I've had as many people talk about when you're hiring people that it's the sound. I know it is, but people haven't talked about that. So for our listeners who might not know exactly what you're talking about, that's an interest. I know what you're talking yeah. about, but... What's the voice? The voice yeah. of the player, you know? Everybody sounds... If you look at piano, you know, Oscar, he doesn't, does not sound at all like Aragon or, or, any, or even two classical piano players, Horowitz next to Richter. The touch is completely different. It's their voice. You know, I mean, the more you understand about the music, the more you hear these things. But 
a good jazz musician should be recognizable within a few bars. Mm. I don't know who said that. One of the legends that I played with Herb Ellis or Ray Brown, I don't know, somebody of these people said that, and Jesus, is he right, you know? If you don't, if you can't be recognized within a reasonable amount of notes, <laughs> you don't have a voice, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree. We'll talk about the Bill Evans Toots recording that you brought that you said he said was his Yeah, Toots favorite. says that is his favorite. Well, Toots is a, yeah, what is Toots, man? Toots, Toots just found it, you know. He found the lyrical side and... You know, it was never, in, in, in his early years, Toots was very technical, you know, here in his 50s when he played with George Hearing, and because then he still had to establish that it could be done on the instrument. That was about, he had that responsibility, so he had to do these things. But even then, if you he, hear the ballads that he played in those years, it was already there. He is a lyrical player. He's a ballad player. And Bill Evans, of course, is, is the perfect match. You know, he does not get in the way. He has all, he has the greatest ears and they just found each other. Charlie Parker, 
talk about Charlie Parker. I love Charlie Parker and Strings. And it's interesting because people will mention some of the same things. You know, there'll be repeats like everybody likes Bill, it seems, Bill Evans or something. But I haven't had many people mention Charlie Parker and Strings. And I love those recordings. I was delighted when you wanted to play something of that. Well, Charlie Parker is my premier jazz influence. When I checked out Toots and other people, I never looked for the notes or for the lines. I just was, you know, fascinated by his sound. There we go again, by his tone. But mm. Bird, Charlie Parker, th- that guy I studied to get the language. Mm. But I didn't study him because I was told you have to do that. I was just fascinated. I just, I, he has it all. Within a bar, he has the blues and the swing and happiness and tragedy and... <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, he, he can play, there's just no escape. I never, I don't know anybody, maybe Louis Armstrong, who has it all in a short amount of time. That's such a beautiful way to put it. I've never yeah. thought of it that way, but it's oh. absolutely true. It swings, Bert, it's bluesy, it's tragic, it's happy. It's just, I don't know what it is, man. I remember the first time somebody played that for me, and this is when I was first coming up. I was in my early 20s, and I thought I hated bebop. And all I'd heard were all these bad bebop players, just people who were trying to do it. And then a musician said, let me play something for you, and played me Charlie Parker. And I'll never forget it because yes. they said, that's what those guys are trying to do? Trying to do, exactly. <laughs> because yeah. it was so great. And yes. immediately, all those things that you're saying, I love saying it that way, though. That he's covering all of that in such a yeah, short time. And he has the sound. You know, he has that tragedy in his tone. So even if he has a bad day or if he doesn't play all these lines, you still can't escape it. Mm. It wouldn't be it without the sound. Mm. And of course, bird and strings, there we go. That's the heartbreaker, you know. That's yeah, the, and why does that work so well? Because he has it. He has the he has the beauty, he has the melancholy side. Mm.
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway and Sons. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to Jazz Inspired on all the usual podcast platforms and email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stride Queen. Although we broadcast on NPR stations, we're an independent production not funded by NPR. One of our longtime supporters, Joe Allison Trini has offered a 6000 matching grant if we can raise that amount before the end of the year. Please visit jazzinspired.com to find out how you can chip in and help us reach our goal to match this generous offer. No gift is too small. And please tell your friends about Jazz Inspired and help us spread the word. I'm talking with harmonica player and vibraphonist Hendrik Merkins about artists who tap into the melancholic side of life and reflect that in their work. I like you talking about the melancholy side because you've mentioned that a few times now. And I'm thinking about actors that I've talked to who talk about the people who really get to them in their acting, even in their comedy. And we think about some of the great comedians, that there will be that other, like Robin Williams. Talk about melancholy underneath, even if we didn't know how it all ended. But the the ones that it just seems real perky and happy and on the surface, it's not as interesting as the people that we feel in some way are genuinely funny, but there's something underneath. Yes. that they are working off of. And this is what I'm getting from you with these musicians that are your favorites yeah. or that have that special quality. Yeah, because I hear it, because I have the antennas for it. You know, not everybody needs that. Not everybody feels that. But if you, if you, if you have, if you're ready for it, you can see it in other people or can hear it in other people. Mm. I mean, success in art is a very simple thing. Either the phone rings or it doesn't. You cannot force success in performance. 
neither music nor acting nor anything else. It either speaks to people or it doesn't. And <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the interview. <laughs> you know, if we knew why something works and something doesn't, we would know a lot of things that, but you know, it's not a science. Art is not scientific. There is things that we can't grasp, but we know it's there. Mm. And when it happens, you know, then it's just great. Talk about Brazil. I'm envious that you live there. I've been there many times, but I never lived there. Talk about that. Yeah, I went to Brazil after I came back from Berkeley. I went to Berkeley 77 to 80 in Boston. Then I came back to Germany for a minute. And I always was interested in Brazilian music just because of the beauty of it. You know, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's an addiction, <laughs> kind of. It fine, is an addiction. Yeah. It, and then finally in 82, I said, I got to go there. And, uh, you know, young and adventurous as I was, I actually went there and, and just lived there for a year and, and played with the people. I didn't really speak much or any Portuguese back in that at those days. And that's not easy because in the 80s, not a lot of people spoke English in Brazil, even the musicians. That changed completely. But back in the day, not really. So, you know, I lived there and I, I yeah. And I enjoyed it, but at some point it was time to go back and, and you know, and go on with my life because I was not going to live in Brazil forever. I just wanted to 
check it out. Yeah. It yeah. Well, and it's such a different feel, I think, for... Well, again, for our listeners, musicians and non-musicians, I think that I, I always come to feel that we're so respectful of that feel. When you're there, you really get how different yes, the feel. Course. It's completely different. It has nothing to do with jazz. It's a, it's their, they have their own musical language. They don't need jazz. They are very proud of their own product. And it finally, you know, merged together in some projects, but... It's not jazz. It's Brazilian music. It's yeah. something else. They have their own stuff. Did it change your jazz as well? Did it change everything for you living there? Well, I don't know if, about that, but eventually I tend to find elements in music that work for me. Even in jazz, I'm not interested in playing long, you know, impressive solos over complicated odd meter tunes. That's just, even in jazz, I go for the ballads and for the, for the, for the beautiful stuff, so to speak. And Brazilian music is just full of it, you know. Mm. It's, it just it just works for me. Mm. But also, not everything. I don't. I'm not really a specialist, and I don't claim that I have a special knowledge. I just know that some things in Brazilian music work for me, mm -hmm. and I work with it. I read that you said that you wanted to just make beautiful music, yeah. and that touches the heart. And I also only want to listen to beautiful music that, that touches, touches the heart. heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's also an age thing or a maturity thing. You know, I mean, I've been around for a minute and I tried a lot of things and I, you know, yeah. But at the end of the day, I always listen to the same albums because they touch me mm. or to the same musicians. And same with the playing. At the end of the day, I'm most, most comfortable with if I'm in that spectrum of melancholy beauty. That's kind mm. of what works for me. I like that. Yeah. I also think it's funny, when I lived in Los Angeles, I always felt like uh, when I was coming up that there were all these people that were doing all the, the tricky time signatures and and then would say, see how natural that feels? And it never felt natural. <laughs> you know, a lot of them. But yeah. then when they wanted to really blow, they'd go into four and then it would feel natural. That's a, that's a completely different conversation and very dangerous to get into, you know, because... <laughs> You know, I'm just a traditionalist and I try and I, I check other things out and respectfully and I'm full of respect, of course, to the people who do all that and I will never be able to do that very well. But at the end of the day, it's something either works for me or it doesn't. Well, yeah. On an emotional level. And if it ever happens that something extremely complicated really touches me, that's fine. Mm. But by quantity... The other stuff touches me much more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and also, I don't have to have time to waste. You know, you only live once, and once you are sure what you want to do and you found your thing, you know, then you better use your time to produce and put it out there. You know, I'm not that I'm not into trying things out anymore, but I kind of get more confident of what works for mm. me. No, oh, that's nice. As a listener and as a performer, both things I've pretty much know what works for me.
Cannonball Adderley and Sergio Mendez from the CD Cannonball's Bossa Nova, a favorite recording of my guest, Hendrik Merkins. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Hendrik continues to stretch and explore creatively, but he also feels he's at a point in his career that he's confident knowing what works well for him. It comes back to that constant conversation of caring about what other people are thinking versus what you know to be true for you, and you want it to feel good. Well, that's one thing, but I also know the reaction. You know, if I play stuff that is in that pocket, that is in that field of melancholy beauty, it works. Yeah. There are different ways of audience reactions. You know, I can play a gig and I can play a, you know, busy vibe solo and I get... I get the the applause, <laughs> and then I play ballad harmonica, and I get like this special kind of silence, mm. which is much better than applause. Yeah. You know, this the reaction can come in very different versions. It's not always you know asking for an encore and and people getting your autograph. Some sometimes they just can go home quietly and don't talk their wife in their car or something, and and be touched in a different way. I love that because I don't think most people think of it that way. That's that lovely thing when you finish a song that really touches people and there's no applause for a minute while they're responding and recovering. (laughs) I I learned to to understand these things. You know, there's difference. I, I wonder sometimes when I play gigs on both instruments, okay, but they always clip after that, but they never after that. You know, then after a while, I understand, well, they react in a different way because the instrument touched something else. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
So I should say the name of this wonderful CD, Cobb's Pocket. Yes. And uh, talk about the title tune, the title yes. track. Tell me about it. Well, the the title Cobb's Pocket is dedicated to Jimmy Cobb, who's the drummer. And of course, Jimmy Cobb is the legendary drummer who played with Miles Davis on Kind of Blue and played with all the great guys. He's now 90 years old and playing still as great as ever. And in jazz, you call somebody's time feel the pocket. It's a term, you know, if somebody has a has a great pocket or he has a strong pocket or this and this. So Cobb's pocket is dedicated to Jimmy Cobb at his pocket. We talked about blues, harmonica. There is a blues on this CD, so talk about this. Well, blues is a lot of things. You know, blues is more a feel or a way of looking at things than a musical style. I mean, blues is, of course, 12 bars, but if you if you compare modern blues or bebop blues to Howlin' Wolf or this, that's, you know, there is... The feel is the connection, but the musical language is very different. So blues is a lot of things. It really is a outlook on life, I would say. And well, I mean, harmonica, Jesus, that is that's blues right there, you know. But there are different ways, even on harmonica. There, there can be the the classic blues harmonica way of doing things, little waltz and all that, with with all the bending. And you can also just hold one long note, and that can be blues too. Mm. But on the harmonica. It really works. I don't know why that is. It's a German instrument. There's no blues in the instrument. It's <laughs> it's from the Black Forest. They invented it in 18 something, the Black Forest. I have Even no idea. Even Germans get the blues. Probably. <laughs> they better. <laughs> yeah, but that's then it traveled around the world and ended up in America and all of a sudden it became the blues instrument. So here we go. Thank you. 
My guest, Hendrik Merkens, from his CD, Cobb's Pocket. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. vibraphone playing do you play much anymore i mean it's no, mostly well, it's, it's, yeah. it's really a logistic problem you know it's the vibes is something that either it has to be there or have to schlep it or you know it's a it's a beast you know it's it's so funny because people don't think of that of the uh, how do i want to come at this i know people are always asking me and they think every decision that we make is an artistic one <laughs> and I play stride piano. And when I started out, I was branching out and I was starting to hire bass players. And I think I want to learn how to do this other kind. And then it was such a hassle to hire bass players. And I thought, shoot, I can do it by myself. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, I go. mean, and it's a funny how that yeah. all works. And yeah, now but... you're saying it's a beast and schlepping it around. It's, yeah, it's well, funny. I mean, first of all, I live in Manhattan. And as most Manhattanites, I don't have a car. What, what am I going to do with a car? I can't park a car, so I don't have a car. You can schlep that vibraphone. Yeah, I can. I got to rent a car or go get a cab to get the vibes for the gigs. There are a couple of jazz clubs in town now, finally, three of them that I know that actually have a set of vibes. But oh. that, that is very unusual. That ah. is really very unusual. There are more clubs that have a B3. That's becoming pretty popular. There's more that have a B3 than oh, a vinyl. Yeah, phone. definitely. There's lots of B3. All the big clubs have a B3 somewhere. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah because that's a that's an established sound. B3 is an important sound. It really came back the last 10 years or Oh, okay. Years. I was going to say, okay. Yeah, so it's it more wasn't recent. for a minute, but yeah, organ, there's a lot of organs. So you can see a lot of B3s. Vibes, not so much. You, you got to bring a vibe. So. You know, but the thing is, if you are a full-time vibes player, you bring your vibes because it's your instrument. But if you double on vibes, mm. you know, if you play maybe 30% of the show or 40 on vibes, then you think, do I really want to do this? Up uh -huh. three stairs and then again later. And so I always kind of chicken out of the, <laughs> the responsibility and try to convince people that they don't really want to. Uh, but then again, once it's there and it's on stage, it's a very nice instrument. And, and it's, it's also, fun to play. You still enjoy not playing only that, it. It's also a very nice combination. Because oh, harmonica is a certain thing, you know, and not having to listen to harmonica for 10 minutes is also a nice thing. So, <laughs> you know, some, some doubles. It's that very narrow <laughs> bit that you've talked about. Exactly. <laughs> So it's a it's a very good package, but it comes with a price, yeah. The price of schlepping.
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I asked my guest, Hendrik Merkins, that after all these years in the business, what he thinks of the jazz world, where it's going, and what is most important. There's harmony, rhythm, and melody. You know, those are basically the three elements. And I think melody got lost in the shuffle. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I've, there's a lot of complicated rhythms out there, odd meters and, you know, Indian influence and this and that. And that's great, wonderful. And then there is modern harmony and not non-functional harmony and this harmony and that harmony. That's all great. But then there is melody. And melody is is a gift, you know. Mozart, Beethoven, Jobim, Gershwin, whatever, these guys, they found the melodies. And you can also do that as an improviser. You you improvise melodic. And if you don't have that, good luck, you know. <laughs> if you don't if you don't respect that, you know. Well, you either have it or you don't. But I think that the but I love you it's it's pretty simple. It's when you get down to it, I um what you're saying, melody is important. It's beautiful. That's yes. a great message, and I think. And also, as an improviser, you always think that well, the song—that's the melody. You know, somebody wrote some some genius, Richard Rogers wrote song, so I don't have to deal about that. You can also improvise melodically. You know, that's that's not only the composer's responsibility; it's yeah. the improvisers too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Stan Getz, Dexter Gordon, Chet Baker, Jesus, I wish. You know, that's yeah. that's melodic improvisation. But still, there's the technic side and there are the chops and then they go into double time and kill it on another level. But they, they are capable of, you know, reaching you for a long ballad for 20 minutes or whatever was just melody. And, and that's it. And that is the, that's the key. It is the key. It's the key I think, to the kingdom. I think it's beautiful. And I think your music is beautiful. And I think that the message here about just going out and creating something beautiful that touches the heart is really the essence of it. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Thank you very much. And thank you for doing this. You even helped me get my tape recorder to work. See, this was full service. This is everything. This is everything. <laughs> thank you. Very good. <laughs> it's great. That was nice, yes. You've been listening to my conversation with Hendrik Merkins. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidoff. You can download podcasts of Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired from all the usual podcast platforms or listen at jazzinspired.com. Jazz Inspired is sponsored in part with generous support from our listeners and Paige at 63 Main in Sag Harbor, New York. Serving organic microgreens and vegetables grown on their own energy-efficient indoor and outdoor aquaponic farms. Better taste, happier planet. Visit Paige at 63Main at opentable.com. Our opening music was airmail special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is old-fashioned love from my CD trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris Laurie on guitar. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com or judycarmichael.com. <laughs>